Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Horwardell joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? It's always weird. The bye week when your team's not playing, you have to pay attention to the NFL and everything else that goes on in it. But bye weeks are done, which is insane. And I still don't know if there's any actual good teams in the NFL. I have no idea. I think there's like two, maybe. Other than that, nobody's good. Anyone can beat anybody any given week. Yeah, like candidly, I'm not sure that there's two. Honestly, there really might only be one. Uh, I, I like the Cardinals, and then they get beat last night, even though we saw, what, the uh, magically the fourth onsides kick of the weekend recovered prior to that this season there had been four? Yeah, that, dude, this weekend was insane for onside kicks. I, 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 I mean, they have to obviously figure out new ways to do it because the old way isn't working, and you saw last night with the way that the Cardinals recovered it, like... You have to you have to pull out all the bags of tricks because a regular onside kick is like unrecoverable now. So it's yeah. crazy. Well, and I mean, we didn't. Need, I mean, the Cardinals one was a little bit trickety, but like I watched the Browns game and it was literally just it bounced off one of their offensive linemen. <laughs> Why is the O lineman on the hands team? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it might just be the fact that they can't find anybody who's healthy at this point. The Browns put eight guys on the COVID list today. After a lot uh, of teams did. Yeah, well, the Rams are another one. Odell's on the COVID list after, you know, playing football last night. So probably safe for everybody, right? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) The most safety. Well, and I just saw a fun stat about an hour ago. CNN sent me an update saying that the United States had just passed 800,000 COVID deaths, the uh, the top of any country. So, you know, USA, we're number one. Honestly, I mean, if you're if you're not first, you're last. Didn't Ricky Bobby tell us that, Chris? Yeah, he did. But the I usually believe in the sage wisdom of Ricky Bobby. Uh, but in this case, I think last would probably be where you want to be. It'd be more preferable. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest. It would be more preferable. A uh, lot to talk about, though. We have uh, we have NBA basketball heating up. We've got a lockout in Major League Baseball. We've got the NHL. Being played week 15 in the National Football League. I've got BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We're going to talk about all of the lines from this weekend, all of that stuff in a in a moment. We're gonna we're gonna get there. But Gregory, prior to us starting recording, uh, we were we were discussing some some Christmassy decorating stuff. We were, and and we were talking about the idea of stockings. Now, look, you have you have children. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but you do have children. Um, and, and so it makes sense that you would have stockings because the kids need to have stockings. There needs to be, uh, like, you know, I, I don't know. What do you put in kids' stockings now? I don't know. Trinkets, little toys. Safety bonds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An IRA. Um, <laughs> no, Get started early. <laughs> start start paying into that 401k. It's pretty much, it's pretty much just little toys, knickknacks, like those kind of things. Maybe some candy, you know. Okay. That's so, kind of where it goes. Because we have them in my home as well, and my home does not have children. It has dogs, but it does not have children. 
And uh, it's like oh I'm my not... my dog has a stocking too. So okay, okay. Well, I, I'm just not sure like what should be in like what I would put in like Alexa's stocking. I just don't know. I believe. Hey, listen, that usually if we're going that route, it's like something practical, something practical for like I don't know that they may use house headphones, something like that. You know, it, I don't know. Headphones nothing. headphones feel like a gift. Have headphones feel like they should be wrapped. Depends. Eh, it depends on it depends on how how expensive these headphones are. It's a fair point. You go in nineteen ninety nine skull candies. You're not wrapping nineteen ninety nine skull candies. <laughs> no, you might not. Like you might not even like they might just be uh, opened already, and somebody was listening to them. <laughs> They're tangled. You have to untangle mm. them uh, <laughs> as you pull them out of the stocking. That would make uh, sense. How much uh, as as a parent of uh, of two young girls? How much pressure is there on you at uh, this time of year? Make, make sure these kids have good experiences yeah i mean that's kind of the biggest part of it like you want to just make sure that whatever they open they're gonna have fun with and be able to like enjoy that you know that christmas morning i guess is, is really mm. the biggest thing i think that's where that's where some people get into trouble with whatever they buy or, or whatever it is but i mean for the most part you just got to play the hits whatever they whatever they're into at the current time if there's things like that that's where you go with it, right? You just that that's how you gotta play it. Yeah, Christmas morning is a magical day for a child. I mean, I remember even the lead up to Christmas is magical. And it's funny how it's so different as an adult now, because like when you were a kid, ten days before Christmas felt like it might as well be multiple years away. As an adult, ten days before Christmas feels like it's it's gonna be New Year's before you blink. I can't even believe there's only ten days to Christmas, basically tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's crazy how quickly the entire the year's flown by with like just a rapid pace. It's nuts. Well, it's, it feels like it goes faster as you get older. Yeah, I th- well, I think that's definitely true. I think there's something to that. Uh, probably because you're just busier. Like when you're a kid, you're just kind of like. You know, outside screwing around. I saw it's true. Uh, um, a comedian that I follow on on Twitter. Um, I won't say his name because I'm sure there are people that find this gentleman controversial. Bilber. Uh, no, no. But uh, he, tw- he I, I must have to read the tweet verbatim because it literally summed up like my entire childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it said, "Lower the hoop to seven foot five. Bring out the CD player." Uh, he said, "Put on Rough Riders Volume One, but it could literally be any music." Yeah. And then you just go out there and you just dunk. You got the mini basketball. Oh my god! You palm it, and then and then you turn the music down when you see an adult. That's how it works. You just you would go outside, you'd play basketball with the mini balls. We'd run two on two tournaments all day in the summer. Like we would just have, it would just be sports outside all day. Yeah. Uh, and then after school, it would always be there, dude. Friday afternoons at the at the Crone household. It would be two-on-two basketball tournaments. Every kid in the neighborhood, whatever kids came over after school, you know how every once in a while on a Friday you'd have a kid come home with you and you'd, or you'd go to their house and hang mm-hmm. out um, right off the bus or whatever, car pickup, however you got to school. Yeah, that feels like that's not okay anymore. It probably isn't. Um, but now, or but then, like we would have, we'd have like eight teams. We'd play round-robin tournaments and then have a playoff. And it would be... Like an all day, all night kind of thing, and it was always the best. That that was those were the days. Draw a three point line in the in the chalk uh, on the driveway, 
just just play for hours, hours. Oh, yeah. and you could you could I, spend an entire summer doing that. Oh, and and I'm sure we both did. I have very fond memories of like random dunk contests in my driveway. Oh, you have to. You had you had dunk contests. You had three point contests. You play around the world for forever. Uh, it was. I mean, that's that's what it was. That but that's all you had to worry about it was like. Oh, are we gonna have even enough teams to play football in the backyard? Right. Can we can we get enough people to play baseball? When I was like when I was like twelve, maybe my neighbor, uh, the the people next door to us sold their house, and the people that moved in had a bunch of kids, like Matt's age, Mike's age, and then a couple younger than that. But uh, they knocked down the fence that was in between the yard, and then okay. the people that that triggered the people next to them to also knock down their fence. So we essentially had two full backyards to play football in, and it was insane. It was insane. Those games got so crazy, so intense. It would be me and the kid that lived behind us. We would be the quarterbacks for each team. And, like, we'd have, you'd have, like, five on five on the outside. Like, mm-hmm. it'd, be, it'd be crazy, those games. Big hits, and this is, you know, a rough touch, essentially. Maybe a little bit, mostly tackle, but... You'd you'd be throwing. I'm out there looking like Peyton Manning, throwing dimes to these kids, scrambling. I'd wear it. I'd wear the the towel in the front of my uh, in the front of my shorts to dry my hands if it was raining. You mm. know, I, we went all out. It was crazy. Yeah, no, no, that's that stuff was magical. And everybody, well, I mean, I feel like everybody who was lucky had had their group of people who was just like, all right, everybody's going to get together. And like, what are we playing today? Is it football? Is it basketball? Are we playing like we had like we played that that whoosh that Nerf whoosh? Oh yeah, we, we all kinds of uh, it's baseball, all kinds of fun stuff. And that was yeah, you're right. That is that's basically what being a kid is. It's like okay, I got my homework done, and uh, now it's like uh, I got some time before dinner. That's it. Dude. When is Christmas gonna come? <laughs> we played we played bounce pitch. Uh, baseball in my driveway. We would the, the home plate would be at like the garage, and then there would be a base on each side of the driveway, and then second base was the manhole cover in the middle of the street. And yeah, to hit it over the street for a home run, you could rob home runs. It was we played so much, and it annoyed the people that lived across the street so bad. They planted a tree in the front yard simply to prevent us from being on the front yard, or try to. We still played around it, but. Um, it was just it, like, that's how often we were out there playing, just bothering the hell out of people. And then we eventually made a rule that if you hit a home run, you didn't have to run the bases. Uh, it was, it was, it was insane. We, we, we played, we, we played outside all the time. Hmm. And I don't see that like, I li- and maybe, maybe it's just cause I'm busy so much during the day. And, and, you know, the, the, really the two summers that I've been in, in my new house currently, it's been. Well, one was COVID, so there really wasn't a lot of stuff going yeah. on outside um, as much. And then two was the first one. I was away for part of it and uh, away for a majority of it. But I just don't see that anywhere near as much in my neighborhood. And I know there's kids. I mean, I've seen kids walking around. There's kids that go to school around here. Like, there's definitely enough people that could get around and, and play sports and stuff. I just don't, I don't see it anywhere in the neighborhood, which is weird to me. Yeah, I, it does feel like it's kind of, I feel like there, I guess there's more stuff to do now, and I feel like children are playing sports less, and that breaks my heart a little bit, because it's just like, I don't recognize that world, I don't recognize, like, 
if, when I was a kid, look, and I, I love video games. I play video, I play video games to this day. But if the option was to stay inside by myself and play video games or go out with my friends and play sports and just, or just like be idiots, like I'm outside. I want to go, I want to go be with people. I want to go screw around. And it seems like that attitude has changed. Well, you do wonder if it's the, the idea of socialization, like socializing with, with everybody, like you can do that so much easier through video games now. Like, yeah. uh, unfortunately my, Fair. my, my super Nintendo didn't have, didn't come with a headset. You didn't have voice uh, chat? I didn't have voice chat. Uh, like, same with, like, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and the different, those different systems that I had growing up. Like, like that online capability, it, it, it started to leak in, like, late high school. Like, we would, there were games where you could play, and you could talk to your buddies from high school and, and do that kind of stuff. But, like, now it's, it's everything. Like, I could yeah. go on right now, and I'll play video games with my buddies from all around, all around the tri-state really um wherever they live i can i can go in and play with them at any point and like that's how kids sort of hang out now which is crazy not but i agree with you though like the the idea of and god we sound unbelievably old but it, it, there is we a little are. bit well we are yes number one but number two there is just something there there was always something about like just getting everybody together and we're all outside we're just gonna play whatever sport we we feel like playing and that's just what we're going to do. And we're, we're going to ride our bikes. We're going to go somewhere. We're going to go up to whatever field and play like it. It was, it, you know, let's go to the park and have a home run derby. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, for sure. Uh, we played so much baseball at Leland park in Cuchahawk and it, and we only had to stop once we got older and home runs all of a sudden were like hitting cars and houses. <laughs> And it was that became a problem, and like people started getting angry. <laughs> Dude, we hit once one of my buddies who played high school baseball, and he was a pretty good baseball player, uh, a, a better football player, played college football. Um, but he he hit one from one of the fields at Miles Park, all the way up to, the, and it rolled onto the basketball court while there were games going on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, this might be the last time we do. This. <laughs> Yeah, no, that stuff's terrifying, man. That happens at uh, that happens at, at at miles. Yeah, like you you can very easily hit a ball onto the onto the basketball court. Well, there's there's the the one field. If you you're you're ripping foul balls like back behind you, those courts are right there. That yeah. is like none of the kids are gonna reach the basketball court from the one field that we were playing at. But if you're if you're if there's a game going on. And people are, are hitting hitting foul balls up to that basketball court. It's a problem. <laughs> oh yeah, no, God knows. I've been playing basketball at Miles Park, and somebody you hear the heads up as a ball starts flying your way, and then you have to th- throw the ball back to the baseball field. <laughs> oh man, it's amazing what, people didn't get uh, didn't get more killed. seriously injured. Yeah, what's well, funny because we recently had a windshield incident. This summer, uh, my wife was at uh, the park near us, and it's there's there's a college team that plays baseball there, and mm. there's an area if you park there, there's a sign that says like, "Yo, we're not responsible." For <laughs> I I, I like the idea that the sign says exactly that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she moved the car. She yeah. moved the car and was like, "Guy, ah, you know what? I usually park here, but we won't because they're obviously warming up. They must have a game or something." Came back, ball right through the windshield. <laughs> oh. <laughs> After she moved it. Uh, and that was a whole, a whole, uh, a whole ordeal afterwards. Luckily, you know, car insurance and whatnot handled it relatively easily. Um, but it was just, 
it was just like, of course, like, of course that happens. I couldn't yeah. believe it didn't happen every single day at Miles Park. Oh, for sure. For sure. These were the glory days, and it, oh. does, it does very much sound like uh, two, two people waxing about their, their uneventful childhoods, but that, those childhoods were magical. But it, and it, but it also goes back to the original point of, like, of like that's why those, those summers or those whatever seem like they, they, they just were forever, because you didn't have anything else to do or worry about. Like, yeah, yeah maybe you had basketball camps a couple weeks out of the summer, like I would do uh, Keystone State camps, or uh, you know the, the Clarion University basketball camp for a couple Saint weeks John every Newman year. Saint John Newman basketball camp. Yeah, you go, you stay for a week, and you think you're the man because you're eating in a college. You're like, this is college food. How awesome <laughs> is this? Because um, you're staying in the dorms, you're eating eating there, and it, it's you know it's one big hang for a week, and all you do is play basketball eight hours a day. It yeah. was always it was always the best. Um, but those other like seven weeks of the summer, you had nothing going on. So it was like, let's go, let's just figure out something to do every day. Yeah, I went to I went to St. John Newman basketball camp. I was there with uh, with Adam Harrington, who played high school basketball or played college basketball and played. Uh, I think he got a little bit, a little bit of NBA time too. He was I don't know, a decent amount older than me. He, one of the older kids. I don't want to brag. I was the second pick in the in the draft behind Adam Harrington. <laughs> no big Look deal, you, buddy. Look no, at you. No big deal. And then my uh, then some stuff happened, and uh, we didn't complete that summer there. But you know, <laughs> what are you gonna Boy, do? Boys will be boys, sir. That's how I. That's how I see it. Boys will be boys. Speaking of basketball, Gregory, I've got the uh, Bavada odds for the 2021-2022 NBA MVP up right now. I think this is uh, particularly interesting because Mr. Curry set a record just a, just a couple of uh, hours ago, became the all-time leader in three-pointers made in NBA history, passing Ray Allen. Steph Curry is number one at Bavada at plus 120, and uh, followed by Durant, Giannis, Jokic, Luka. Who do you like for MVP? I mean, Curry's on the best team in the West. He's their best player. They've been unbelievable. I think he's he's the guy. The resurgence that this Warriors team has 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 you know after year a couple of years of being, being down with injury and they still don't have Clay Thompson. This is just yeah, Steph soon, Curry. Though. Yeah, which I can't wait honestly. Um, this is this is the Steph Curry we remember from the four years in a row in the finals. This is the Steph Curry. Uh, you know, you remember at Davidson, just the best player on the court, regardless of stature, regardless of any of that, he can shoot from everywhere. And I think was it was it something like five hundred less games than Ray Allen? He set it's this record. Crazy. Like it's it's something you've never seen. We've never seen this in the in the NBA. We've never seen this in basketball. Period. And he's he is going to pile on that record like crazy. Yeah. Um. He he has to be the odds-on favorite. He should be the MVP, and it's one of those comeback situations. You know, he didn't want to sit last year when they sat him, when his hand was half injured or whatever. But you know, they they took a couple years off, and they've sort of rejuvenated that team. And the moves they've made have helped. Maybe they'll make another big one. We'll see what happens. But I, I've liked them since the since before the season even started. If you listen to Better's Delight, the only good pick I think I may have ever had is that Warriors to win the finals preseason. It was like plus 900 on Bavada. It, it, it was the way to go, I thought, at the time. And I think that Curry is MVP. 
is is another. It's just they're the best team, the best team yeah. in the NBA, and he's their best player. Has to be that way. But the Sixers beat them, so that makes the Sixers the best team, right? No, they stink. They uh, <laughs> still stink. They. I, I see that they've 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 dug their way out of the eleventh seat uh, um, and moved moved back into playoff contention. Um, but I'm I'm tired of the Sixers. I need a move to happen so we can just move along with our lives and have the team that we know we're going to have moving forward. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, just before we wrap up the Warriors thing, can you imagine being a G League team and pulling up and, oh, we're playing Clay Thompson and James Wiseman tonight? Yeah, it's a problem. That is that is a problem. Honestly, even whoever has to play Denver's team with Isaiah Thomas, it's a little bit of a different yeah. thing. But, like, that's a guy who can just get buckets. He can just score and score and score. It's like, really? We got to guard this guy? And Clay, you're never going to stop. I watched recently, uh, maybe like three or four days ago, maybe a week ago, um, every once in a while on social media, random highlights will come up. And it was the time Clay scored 60 points in 29 minutes. And you're like, it's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable how hot he could get and just absolutely destroy a team by himself. And he's the second best player on the team. Like, how does that happen? Right. Well, I mean, you just have this generational Hall of Famer in front of him. It's true. It just shows what good drafting can do, though, man. Good good scouting, good drafting, and, and you know, a little bit of luck, because there's always luck involved regardless sure. of any of that. But to, to be able to pair those two together, like, what, a year apart, like two years apart, Forget maybe? about those two, and to add Draymond in the second round. The, the Warriors are the perfect example of homegrown superstars. Yeah, and that's that is what sports that is like the dream as a sports fan. It's it's t- the only time I've really seen it is you compare it to like those that 2007 to 2011 Phillies team. Now, you, you talk about 11 and 10 and 11 and it was a little bit um more of the let's bring in the big name pitchers yada yada yada, but mm-hmm. like what you want is those guys that you see go through the struggle. You see the team that gets swept by the Rockies in 2007 after finally making the postseason for the first time in 15 years. Like yeah. you see, you see the Warriors team that you know gets bounced a little bit, and then they they battle back, and then they win what three titles in five years or you know something like that. It's it's crazy, but that's what you that's that's what you hope for every time the draft rolls around. It's why the drafts are the most. In pretty much every sport, except for maybe hockey and MLB, they're not as fun because those guys don't make as quick of an impact. But like, it's so why what the, you're saying is half the drafts are fun. Sure, it's, but it's why the NFL and the NBA drafts are that fun because like these are the guys that you're expecting to see soon, like very soon. And it's funny, like with the MLB draft, like you never know where these guys are going to end up. The other night, I was, I was, uh, I have. There's a, a guy that I know who. Um, he he does something in, in with like associated with. This Major is League an baseball. amazing story for so far. There's a guy that I well, know, I, I and wanna, he does something. Well, I just don't want to like throw out his business because whatever. But it made what what regardless. Give us it, his home address. It made me pull up the list of Major League Baseball teams, and some of the names of these major of these minor league baseball teams are so amazing. I also there if I knew what size hat my or what size head my hat is, what size hat my head. I, is, yeah, I I what's head. what size head your hat is? There is one of the sickest hats I've ever seen, and it belongs to a team called the Amarillo Sod Poodles. 
Now, sure. That like what what these teams are. I've never really delved this deep into uh, major league or minor league baseball team names, but some of them are just unreal. And but that is where you where you kind of learn like that homegrown talent, and that's kind of where it comes from, especially in baseball. But it's harder when it comes to the draft because. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not watching like the Lakeview Blue Claws or whatever that single A team is in the Phillies minor league system. But I, I was listening to sports radio a couple weeks ago, and some guy called in. He's like, oh, "I live in Reading, and I've seen like I have all these game programs and scorecards from all the games I've gone to for the last 25 years, and mm-hmm. like you have all these different guys from like Utley, Howard, Hamels, Victorino, Rollins, like all those guys Roland. coming through. Roland, yeah." All those guys coming through the system, like that eventually leads, like that is the cool aspect of it. And that's what you hope for as a fan. So when you talk about the Warriors and them actually building that, like, sure, did they add Durant? Absolutely. But that was after they had won titles. Like, it wasn't like that was the first one. Yeah. Um, and he's gone now. And he's gone now. Yeah. Uh, but like that, it's the dream as a fan base to get that one superstar. That's why AI was so much fun. It's because you had your guy. And even if you don't win a title, it's the the ability to follow that guy from day one till I mean, obviously he had stints elsewhere with a couple different teams and trading him to Denver initially, but like like those are the parts of being a fan that make it so much fun. And that's yeah. why that's why you almost appreciate the way that Golden State did it more than like the teams Brooklyn. That, well, yeah, LA. Brooklyn, but the yeah, the Heat. Any of the super team stuff. Yeah. Any LeBron James team, basically. Well, eh, you don't want to single out one guy, but yeah, he's the guy that sort of started that super team fad. There's there's no doubt about it. I mean, you don't want to single out one guy, but he's the guy that wins the championships, so it tends to be those teams we're talking about. It's true that not many other super teams work out, so are they really super? Is that how that works? I will never forget the first game the Miami Heat super team played the Bosch Wade LeBron team against a, a scrappy young Philadelphia 76ers Michael Carter team. Williams. Michael and Michael Carter, Carter Williams had the single best game of his NBA career. I, it was unbelievable. I remember watching that game live. It was absolutely crazy. There was no reason for that team to win that game, but they did. I mean, unreal. unreal yeah, some, that sometimes it takes those teams a year or so to really figure out how to play together in jail. Well, yeah, well, you're at you're you're taking two, uh, possibly three. Well, really, in that case, it was three alphas from different teams and throwing them all together. Because even say what you want about Wade and Shaq and that combo, Wade was the alpha in that situation. Oh, that was uh, yeah, that was, was a past this prime Shaq, hundred percent. Yeah, so you talk about that, and now you're bringing LeBron, who's easily the best player of this generation, uh, potentially top two, depending on who you talk to, top five player all time. Uh, and then you're adding in Chris Bosh, who was obviously, he might be the best player in Raptors history mm-hmm. uh, from a yeah. le- longevity standpoint. I think Vince Carter might have something to say about that, but I know, it, I know what you're close. saying. It's, it's a close argument um, for sure. Uh, Carter probably had more postseason success, if we're being honest, even though I think the best he ever did was Eastern Conference Final. But Well, don't forget, Bosh's career ended early. Well, it did, but it ended early elsewhere. Like he yeah. he left Toronto relatively early and then went to play several years in Miami. Um, if you're talking overall careers, I think Carter had the overall better career, probably because Bosch's career ended early. So all right, VC played. Yeah, but VC hung on, man. VC played. All right, well he only he only played 
he played 80 he played 98 99 to 2004 2005 in in toronto but was just a super stud for every one of those years it's true never never scored less than 20 other than his rookie season when he scored 18.3 so he plays what? He plays seven parts of seven seasons in Toronto. Bosch, on the other hand, I would guess it's probably pretty similar. Bosch plays parts of seven seasons in Toronto, averages 20 and 29. Two VCs, uh, let's see, VC averaged 23 and, and five. So. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, it's a it's a I, close one. I think the Carter mystique probably gets of the, nod. the mystique of Vince Carter probably pushes him past. But those are two outstanding, outstanding, outstanding basketball players. Yeah, but the mystique is the dunk contest. That's what people remember him the most for. They don't remember the twenty three a game. They don't remember the fifty point game in the Eastern Conference uh, Finals on the brink yeah. of elimination. How about twenty seven six a game? His yeah. his third season. Like that yeah. was just a flat out stud. They they remember the ten minutes off the bench for the Hawks two years ago. Like that's what they remember. And honestly, like he came along too early too because VC could shoot the three. VC shot 37% for his career, and that is brought down by later Vince Carter. If he played in an NBA today where, you know, you can just shoot nine threes a game, he's scoring 30 a bunch <laughs> And of it was seasons. perfectly fine. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, for sure. He, he, he had... The year he scored 25-7, he shot 2.9 threes a game. It's crazy. It's crazy to see how quickly... It's crazy to see how quickly that changes. Like the the shift in the NBA focus goes from ah, you know, take one or two of those a game, we'll figure it out. Now it's like we got to shoot like thirty threes a game to even be competitive. Like yeah, your even... your center needs to shoot threes. Oh, gosh, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's you know, that's just because all the seven footers now can shoot threes, and part of that also is though the the upbringing and how you get into basketball now, like. Basketball is not just a winter sport. It's an all-year-round sport. So you oh, yeah. can work on every aspect of your game 24-7. If you're practicing three nights a week and playing every weekend, you know, and you may even be practicing more than three nights a week. You may be practicing four nights a week, five nights a week. And then you play on the weekends. You know, we're talking we're talking being able to just get in the gym and get up threes as a seven-footer as many as you want. You're, you're going to be able to develop a shot as long as you're practicing the right way and, and going about it that way. Like, it's certainly a thing. Yeah, I mean, look at look at Steph Curry, and I know he's an extreme example, but, like, 13.43s a game this year. It's nuts, and he probably shoots, like, 42%. Uh, he's only shooting 40% from three, but he <sighs> shot he shot 12.73s uh, a game last year and shot 42%. Yeah, so, I mean, like, that is... An embarrassing ninety-three percent from the line. Oh, how dare he? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's to me, it's absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy that uh, that anybody would even consider like the the three is not a big deal in in the game anymore. I don't get it. Well, the I change in the game is fascinating too. I was watching, unfortunately, the 76ers Grizzlies game last night. Oof. And, uh, you know, Charles Bassey's the backup center because Joel was a late scratch. And I kept thinking to myself, like, 
if this was 1985, people would be really excited about Charles Bassey. Yeah, it, it, the big man has, the, the quintessential big man has a lot less of a spot in today's NBA. Like, a lot less. Which is nuts. It's nuts to think about. Well, and it's not even just that. Like, think about all of the power forwards that played basketball in that era who just would, couldn't, who couldn't make an NBA roster now. Like, there's just no place for them. Where do you, where do you put Charles Oakley in a modern-day NBA? You don't. He's, and, he's, and he was a stud. Dell Davis. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, Antonio Davis. Where do you Antonio put any of those Davis. guys? Yeah, like, the, the one guy, like, Anthony Mason's a guy who's like, all right, he was, he was unique enough that maybe you still find a spot for him, but he's probably a bench player. It's, Not a starter you know, on a finals team? No. I mean, what do you do? Like, how many, how many superstar centers? What is Patrick Ewing in today's NBA? Is he DeAndre Ayton? Yeah, probably. And maybe. Because I don't know if he was as athletic as Ayton. A guy, oh, he was pretty athletic. But a guy, literally but- a, a guy whose team did, uh, did not pick up his, his uh, last option. Which is crazy to me. The finals with him. Like... I get it, kind of, but not really. Like, what are we doing? Well, that that pick was absurd anyway. They had uh, Igor Kokoshov, Korkoshov, whatever his name was, they brought in as their new coach that year. Yep. And he had just coached Luka on the Serbian national team. He knew what Luka was. And they picked Aiton. It's it's a uh, it's a bizarre move that I don't know if ever will be, if anybody will ever be able to explain it to me. Could you, I mean talk about two guys Booker and Luca fit perfect together? I mean that would have been that's a tandem that may already have a title like right yeah, now, for sure. And like if you still bring in CP three, then you definitely have one. Yeah, it it's it's again it's why scouting it's why drafting it's why everything is so important when it comes to professional sports like hitting on draft picks and making the correct selection like and and let's not let's not you know look down our noses at eight nathan has been relatively no, he's solid good, but he's not luca no of course not but but it, it just it matters so much in sports it's like it's like when you draft a guy that averages one catch a game and you pass up on a guy who has the same number of touchdowns and 200 less yards than all your receivers combined through. I don't believe that there's any chance that could happen. That seems like a, something that it's, would be too difficult. It seems ridiculous, Chris, but it definitely can happen. Let, let's talk about scouting, Greg. Let's talk about, let's talk about the year 2013. I'm going to read some names to you. Okay. A- Anthony Bennett. Victor Oladipo. Otto Porter Jr. Cody Zeller. Alex Len, Nerlens Noel, Ben McElmore, Cantavius Caldwell Pope, Trey Burke, CJ McCollum, Michael Carter Williams, oh, Stephen Adams, Kelly Olinick, Shabazz Muhammad. Then we get to 15 and some kid named Antonakumpo goes. It's like, 27 sees Gobert selected, by the way. So, but some of that is. Some of that's also development, right? So of it's hard. It it's it's hard. It's hard to say that you know uh, what because if you look at the pictures of Giannis as a rookie, like his body type is completely different. Like he, yeah, but you but you look at the shoulders and you see that guy can fill out. Well, for sure, you definitely do. He's not Nerlens. Nerlens was never going to put weight on, and that's okay because Nerlens should have never put weight on. That's not his game. 
I I still I still think Michael Carter Williams can be good. I don't know. That's just me. Um, <laughs> on that. I heard. I remember. I remember. I worked with uh, the 76ers community relations people, and back for CYO stuff when Carter Williams and Nerlens were the star of the 76ers. And I went into the I went into the facility, and we're just like we're just like BSing. And all I heard about was Michael Carter Williams was the biggest douchebag on the whole team. Just a jackass. <laughs> really? Like, took himself super seriously, thought he was, like, the, the superstar in the NBA. All anybody wanted to talk about. Uh, that is... That, I, <laughs> look, I've, I've had one interaction with Michael Carter-Williams in my life, and it was when he was standing next to Nerland's Noel when I, sur- I sold Nerland's Noel a empty box of Grand Theft Auto V. One of your finer moments. Yeah. Like that was my one and only interaction with Michael Carter Williams. I can't speak to it. Like I can tell you I can tell you Evan Turner's an awesome dude, but I can't tell you that Michael Carter Williams is or is not. I will just tell you that everybody else told me Michael Carter Williams is not. Yeah, yeah. I I can't say I've heard a ton about uh about Michael Carter Williams, so it's hard for me to say. Uh, on a personal level, but um, you know, every every athlete's different in yeah. terms of attitude. Mm, it's, some people, this is the attitude era, Greg. Uh, well, if only I, I missed the attitude era. I, I've lived through attitude era, ruthless aggression, and now whatever garbage this is. It's so it, WWE so so unwatchable uh, it, okay. that I, I I can barely even to. I know I completely took this because of the attitude era. I, I can't even. It. I, I it's can't my fault. Even, I can't even tune in to like anything but major pay per views, and even those like Survivor Series that should be a major pay per view. Didn't even consider putting it on Thanksgiving weekend. Didn't even consider it. I'll put the Royal Rumble on in January. I'll watch WrestleMania, but eh, other than that, I'm just I have no interest in it. I'd rather watch AEW. That's that's where my focus is. I'd rather watch none of it. Well, and and like once every ten years, go back and watch old old Royal Rumbles and and just and just be so giddy happy when you see people like uh, the model Rick Martel and the Red Rooster and idiots that I had forgotten about completely. They they but, are so much fun going back to, and and also so unbelievably predictable on how on how they were scripted out oh, when you watch it as an adult. A thousand percent. The more you know. About like the more you learn, there's so many wrestling shows and documentaries and podcasts and things that sort of get fill you in on a little bit of the background of what was going on at this time, what was going on here, who was this, like who was the best politicker in the back to yeah. get out, like that kind of stuff, and and it's just like it's it's yeah, it's like yeah, th- this makes complete sense. I will say, uh, even though they've moved to to Peacock and the WWE Network has gone to some uh, pretty much crappy in terms of all that stuff. It is, they, they, they released season two of their ruthless aggression documentaries. Mm -hmm. And the first one is all about the rock. And it's like right when the rock was the biggest star in WWE, him and stone cold were going head to head and he was starting to transition to Hollywood. It was a fantastic hour of, of, you know, television to sit there and watch that still haven't finished the last Five six episodes of season two of Ted Lasso, but I got that hour oh in to watch God, the Rock so documentary. Uh, look, I hey, I've seen some. The Jake the Snake Roberts one was fantastic. The Andre the Giant one was fantastic. There have been some just outstanding wrestling documentaries. But look, 
that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, we've we've BSed for far too long. <laughs> Week 15 in the National Football League, Gregory, Thursday night football, the Kansas City Chiefs head to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Chargers, and Bavada's got the Chargers plus three at home. It's like the biggest Thursday night game of the season. It is. Um, you talk about a team that couldn't be hotter that was written off in the Chiefs, uh, where everybody was like, this team stinks. And then yeah. they win six games in a row, and it's like, oh, never mind. They're the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, they're there. really good, and I forgot. Yeah, their defense got healthy, and now they're a problem again. Oh, is that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire scoring two touchdowns? Yes, it is. Um, and they're, they're doing it all sorts of ways. It's not necessarily Mahomes having to throw for 400 every week. He could do it if he wanted to, but he's he's like, you know, in middle of the road, 250, 270, maybe 300 here and there. Uh, but they're, they're running the ball. They're getting it into the end zone that way, too, and that makes them one of the most dangerous teams, if we're being honest. Then there's the Chargers. I mean, they almost blew that Bengals. The Chargers blow almost every game. Like, it's, yeah. it's nuts. They, they, they'll get a lead on somebody and then almost blow it left and right, or actually blow it. And, like, you watch Herbert, you know the talent's there. You know everything is there. You know, hopefully you have Keenan Allen back from COVID protocol or whatever. We'll see. Um but this is this is going to be a fun one in LA. I think there's going to be a ton of Chiefs fans there because there's always a ton of the other teams fans there yep. uh, when it comes to the Chargers. Um, I kind of like the Chiefs on the road though. I kind of I kind of think this is this is their statement game. This is the one where they sh- they're like, listen, we're we're still here. We've won six in a row. This is going to be seven. The AFC still runs through Kansas City. Yeah, sorry. I'm reading some. Yeah, I agree completely. I I just got a couple of updates on uh, on 76ers things, and De'Aaron Fox is saying some not so positive things in Sacramento right now. So it's, oh, uh, fun. It's going to be interesting to see how the next uh, handful of weeks play out. Welcome but to the Sixers, De'Aaron. Uh, I can okay. live with it. The only Brian. the only the only franchise more dysfunctional than the Kings, Philadelphia 76ers. You'll make. I'll tell you what. You're going to stop losing though. That's accurate. Uh, the, the Jesus, here we go. The Las Vegas Raiders head to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns Saturday, December twenty, December eighteenth, four thirty p.m. Eastern time. And uh, Bavada's got the Browns minus three at home. Well, who's going to be playing for the Browns? Like that's the real it's question. It's impossible to know at this point. They put eight guys on the COVID list today. They've got they've been besieged by injuries. I think I saw they were going to be without their top three tight ends, uh, top now I guess top receiver, uh, Kareem Hunt, starting tackles, one starting guard, and so on and so on. But hey, I saw Jadavian Clowney at Meyer two nights ago, so it's all fine. Oh, well, now you're now you're in. Uh, but the problem is the Raiders stink. Like the Raiders, the Raiders did that huddle on the Chiefs, the, the Chiefs logo, and then proceeded to get throttled. Yeah, um, not a great idea by them. No. Does it ever work out for teams that do that kind of stuff? Like, does it ever work out when you do something like that? Ever? Uh, I think of the Vikings fans on the art museum steps doing the, the skull chant. I think of Juju Smith-Schuster dancing on every team's logo. Like, I think those are the things I think about. And it's like, like does, does those taunts and things like that ever, ever work out? Uh, no, they don't. Turns out you lose like 42-7. to seven. Um, I think, I think even it, depending on who can turn in, I don't know what the situation is, negative tests or whomever. I, I, think I don't think you're going to have many of these guys playing because it's Saturday game. Remember? That's true. Hmm. I guess I'll go Vegas, but I don't necessarily enjoy it. 
Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Uh, the And it really feels like this is the kind of game... We just saw the NBA postpone two Bulls games. Why would the NFL not just flex this game out to Monday night? Because they... I don't know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly why. Because it's a national TV game. It's true. It's a good point. And, and they don't want to have nothing. They don't want to have nothing to air at four thirty on Saturday. Yeah, put out another documentary. Give me the NFL Top One Hundred. Yeah. Did you? Do you watch that anymore? No. no. I tried, and it's you know what? I enjoy it when I watch it, but it's just it's just too much. And and also they don't do themselves any favors by airing it like. In ten consecutive business days, yeah, it's not good. Like, show why not just have this be a thing that's getting us excited about, you know, air one a week. Yeah, I would yeah. watch it. It'd be it'd be a lot better. Or be give us give me the ability to binge it. Like, yeah, but that's true. Ah, the New England Patriots travel to Indianapolis to take on Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, and those Indianapolis Colts. Bavada has the Colts minus two at home. Belichick's going to put 10 in the box and force Wentz to beat him. That's that's what they're going to do. Hey, you, you, there's zero doubt in my mind he's going to force Wentz to have to beat him. And then it's up to Carson. Can he, can he do it? You're off the bye week. You've had two weeks to prepare. You knew New England was coming in. They're riding high off of that win uh, in Buffalo and also off of bye. I, this is going to be an absolute dogfight. I'm, I'm yeah. very excited for this game, if I'm being honest, because the Colts are one of those teams that are somehow like barely hanging on to a playoff spot, but I feel like they're one of the best teams in the AFC. They've just lost some weird, tough games, and their schedule doesn't get any easier. Um, but Belichick in Indy, it's it's just it, it's tough for me to go against the Patriots, even though it's not Tom, it's Mac, it's Ramondre Stevenson probably, because... I think Damian Harris's quad fell off. Uh, I think it's a rough I, injury. It's a bad one. Um, I th- I think this is a New England. I think this is New England outright. Oh, we're going New England money line here. You get that at plus one ten at Bavada. I, I think it is. That is. Uh, I think potentially maybe that could be a pick on Better's Delight in uh, in a couple of a uh, couple, couple of, of hours. hours or so. <laughs> Anything that to, to improve that record that, for me, just continues to go downhill. I need everybody else to tank because I, I think I'm in last place right now for the season. I, so. I, I highly doubt that. I need everybody else to tank. The uh, Arizona Cardinals travel to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Biggest line of the week here. Lions plus 13 and a half at home at Bavada. Well, Cardinals or the Lions did exactly the opposite of what they thought they would do after winning that game. They went out to Denver and just got completely throttled by Bridgewater and company. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, there's extenuating circumstances surrounding that Broncos team with the unfortunate passing of Demarius Thomas. So, yeah. you know, there's a little extra motivation for a lot of those guys. I think they said there was like 12 guys who played with him that were still on the Broncos. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was surprised by that number too. Um, I feel like I feel like you know because he left for a couple seasons before he was a patriot. Yeah, so um, but the the Lions just completely they were like like just done. Not nothing. They got that win. I think they've kind of packed it in for the season. Uh, Not we're not we're just gonna go not or not defeated entirely, uh, and that's it. And then the Cardinals coming off a tough loss to the Rams, and we'll see. I mean, the Rams have gone COVID crazy as well. So who knows if Arizona has any, any positives or anything that are floating around uh, over the next couple of days. But I, I think Arizona, this is one of those, 
it's a get-right situation because you're playing the Lions, and I think they can run the score up on them. Plus, they're still battling for a bye. They absolutely are. The Carolina Panthers travel to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills, and Bavada has the Bills minus 10 at home. Well, the Panthers are broken. Like, they're just yeah. done. I think I think the stat I kept hearing all weekend from a bunch of different places was Cam's lost like 10 or 11 straight uh, starts as a Carolina Panther, which is just baffling to right. me. Um just they have nothing left. I don't know what they're doing offensively. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what Matt Rule's doing. Matt Rule's going to do such a good job that he's going to be back coaching Temple uh, by the end of the season. Um, and, and Buffalo, like, they came out so flat in the first half and then battled back. And you're like, oh, this is the Buffalo team we know. The defense was playing well. The offense, they were holding right. Brady well. And then they get to overtime and it's just, just nothing. And, and, uh, Allen's in a walking boot. You kind of wonder, you know, what's going on with them. But this is the kind of game Carolina's coming home to them. This is a game where they can really, I think, uh, you know, get the confidence back a little bit by taking them out uh, a week before uh, New England again. So I like the Bills here at home. Another big line here, the Dallas Cowboys travel to New York to take on the New York football Giants. And Bavada has the football Giants plus 10 and a half at home. Is it Jake Fromm? Is it Mike Glennon? Is it whoever their actual starter is? I believe Daniel it's Jones. Mike Glennon. <sighs> Gosh, but the Cowboys stink too. Like no, the Cowboys, they don't, they don't the Cow- stink. So. I mean, they're not great. Did you see their game over there, the weekend? There is a big gulf between stink and and not great. Stink, stank, stunk. I mean, I know they. they Apologies. Know they let they let uh they let Washington come back in that game. Uh, not enough for the Washington betters, unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, it, like, I have zero faith in the Cowboys offensively right now. I think the, the the injury to Tony Pollard changes that offense significantly because Zeke doesn't look like he's healthy enough to do really anything from a mm-hmm. running back standpoint. And when you take that away and it's just Dak sitting back and trying to, you know, pick apart a defense with no running game threat at all, makes it a thousand times tougher. I don't care how many weapons you have. You have to have something to, to keep to keep the defense honest. Uh, it allows those open passing lanes and things like that. That being said, the Giants are, in fact, terrible. So I, I think I think the Cowboys can cover this number, even though I feel like Dallas and New York always play very tight games. But uh, I, I think this is a, a pretty easy one for Dallas. Uh, one of the smaller lines of the week, and yet not a game I would classify as competitive, the Houston Texans travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Bavada has those Jaguars as three-point home favorites. That is insanity. One team still cares about playing football, even if it's barely, and one team cannot wait until their coach is fired. Like, no, that's not what. Everything's good. They keep saying everything's good yeah. with Urban Meyer. That's that's usually that's usually a good sign. Everything yeah. everything's great. Um, no, I mean, for real. We we really mean it, guys. Everything's cool. We love Urban. Houston money line all day, every day. Urban Meyer has been the absolute disaster uh, that I think mo- a lot of people expected when it comes to the big profile college coach going to the NFL. Um, and it wouldn't shock me if we see him uh, see him back on a college sideline or on a college pregame show next season uh, rather than rather than coaching the Jaguars. Well, Houston yeah. still kind of cares. 
Yeah, I've been predicting that he was a one and done basically since the preseason. So I feel good about that that particular prediction. Uh, that that money line, that plus one fifty at Bavada looks real, real good. You can't throw your entire coaching staff under the bus. You just can't do it. You can't pull him in, and this is obviously alleged, it leaks and whatnot. But you can't you can't take the whole coaching staff and bring them into an office and be like, "I hired you, and you're all losers." What? the heck does that even mean yeah like all right guy i remember when you were under investigation at ohio state like <laughs> shut the fuck up yeah for real the new york football jets traveled to miami to take on the miami dolphins and bavada has the dolphins minus eight and a half at home dolphins hottest team in football buddy they're one of the hottest teams they had the bye week that separated but i think they've won like four or five straight mm-hmm. uh and they've looked good doing it which is which is crazy considering it's a team i think they started one and seven um, I, I Tua has become exactly what we would hope he would be as a second-year quarterback. That he's progressing, he's he's gotten better, you know. And again, I, we've talked about it before on the show. The people that wrote him off after, like, I don't know, fourteen career games, crazy, doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And uh, whereas the Jets, I mean, pitiful, pitiful performance against the Saints and. T- you know what Taysom Hill brings to the scenario. Like, yeah. you know this. And yet, here he is scampering for 50-yard touchdowns in a one-score game. Like, it's it's bizarre to me that, that the Jets were able to blow it that bad. That's why I love the Dolphins at home this week. The Tennessee Titans traveled to Pittsburgh to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Bavada has the Steelers plus one and a half at home. Pittsburgh on absolute life support after after last week. And the dismal showing of the first half against the Vikings, like that was just embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like embarrassing for a team, uh, you're a franchise that was so like defense is so deeply ingrained in them. Uh, for their defense to allow that many rushing yards in the first half of that game is insane. And then they battle all the way back and they drop a game potential game tying touchdown in the end zone on the last play of the game. Uh, it's just, I never know week to week what this team's going to bring. And then there's the Titans, which are almost the same thing. They, obviously, you get a weird week because you play the Jaguars and they stink, so it's just basically, uh, who knows, walk-through kind of game. But now you're going to get a team that they actually have to kind of compete against. They got Julio Jones back this week, I think, so that'll be that'll give Tannehill at least a little bit of something to throw to. Um, if A.J. Brown's still, still on the mend, um <sighs> But I kind of like Pittsburgh at home with the number. I think I think it's I think they just play better at Heinz Field for some reason. It's a hard place to play as an opposing player. And the a- Atlanta Falcons travel to San Francisco to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Bavada has the 49ers minus nine at home. I mean Matt Ryan revenge game against Kyle Shanahan. Oh I shit! Think this is where we're at. Uh, I don't know, man. Every game of Atlanta is like the most impossible one to predict, and then San Fran coming off a giant win. Yep. They 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 battled all the way back in that game to dominate and then give up the field goal in overtime and it's like all right well we have to go down and score and it is unbelievable it, they should have won in regulation but they missed um yeah right that's how that went yeah 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 for sure Kittle yep. made that ridiculous catch um uh but like. They just plug and play running backs. Doesn't matter who's healthy. Doesn't matter who's not. You run the offense. You run the offense. You run the offense. And then here we are. We're we're you know seven and seven potentially locked into a, a wild card spot if we just keep winning out. So uh, I think at Candlestick, well, I guess it's not Candlestick, Levi Stadium or whatever it is. Yeah, it's I think Levi. It, yeah, I think it's San Fran all day. 
Levi in Santa Clara, California. Yeah, yes. Not Santa even Clara. not even all that close to San Francisco. Uh, but hey, whatever. Uh, I know what happened with both of these teams last week. I still feel like this line is uh, borderline disrespectful. The Cincinnati Bengals travel to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos, and Bavada has the Broncos minus one and a half. I mean, come on, man. I know, I know. You just said it. I know Denver looked good against the Lions. But everybody looks good against the Lions. Yeah. Uh, whereas Cincinnati just makes mistakes that that spite themselves. They dropped a game-winning pick six in the last drive of the game. Like they 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 get constantly shoot themselves in the foot. They feel like that team. Honestly, they feel like that team with the homegrown talent, where this is the year they take their lumps a little bit, and then next year they come out and they dominate. But the issue with taking their lumps this year is they're still really really close in the AFC North playoff race like they yep. are they're in within a game what I think a game of of the top spot in that division maybe two and you don't know what Lamar Jackson's status is the Steelers are up and down the Browns have everybody out like yep. this is a Bengals team that is primed to win can can certain and uh, you know the rest of the Denver secondary contain Jamar Chase and T Higgins and uh Tyler Boyd and, and all those guys, maybe, but I, I find it very hard to believe. Um, Mixon's not going to have another another off game like he did this past weekend, so I love the Bengals in this spot on the road. This game and that Houston money line feel like opportunities to just steal money. You would think. And oh, What happens if we parlay them? That would be fun. Parlay a couple money lines. Couple of good looking money lines. There's that Patriots one in there too. Really maximize our efforts. Where are the Patriots? Okay, so you want the plus one ten for the Patriots. So at that point, Hundy Bucks wins us basically a grand. Yeah, let's go. Why would you not do that? <laughs> it's gambling, baby. Might have to put this bet in. We'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> all right. The Green Bay Packers head to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens, and Bavada has the Ravens plus 180. It really depends on Lamar. It really depends on Lamar. If he's not healthy, I don't trust Huntley. I know he made the comeback against the Browns and, and all that fun stuff, but I just don't trust him. And a Packers defense that's played very well, very, very well. Rasul Douglas... Makes the Eagles look <laughs> foolish almost every single week. All no, of a sudden. he doesn't stop why, it. Why is it, though? I understand, and I'm kind of being facetious, but why is it that guys like Sidney Jones, guys like... Sidney Russell Jones Douglas, is not... He's not good. I, again, they go other places, and they do have decent careers. He had Enough one... Sidney they, Jones had one decent year. Again. Kirk Coleman played safety for like a decade for oh, the Carolina man. Panthers. It's true. Like a decade. Uh, it, it's crazy to me how these guys leave and uh, in our secondary, and then they go and they start elsewhere. Yeah. It's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. There was somebody else they talked about. There was a practice squad guy that we cut who now starts somewhere else in the league, and I can't remember who it was, but it was recent. Um, but I think the Packers big. I think the Packers are dead set on trying to get the number one seed. Arizona opened the door, and this is a chance for them to, to, to step right on through and, and take it. Well, solidify it. I believe the Packers are the number one seed right now. And I think they have the head-to-head over Arizona, too. Yep. The New Orleans Saints travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Bavada's got the Bucks minus 11. Tom always struggles with with 
New Orleans, though. Even if New Orleans is bad. They lost there earlier this year, I believe. Like, this is... Or maybe they won, but it was very slight. Uh, this is this is always a weird matchup. It's like Peyton has his number. Uh, guy can't get away from Peyton. So speaking of Peyton, Kevin James in that new Sean Peyton uh, TV series on Netflix, right? I have uh, no get, idea what you're talking about. Get excited, Kevin James is playing Sean Payton. The trailer got dropped today. I'm sure you're here. Yo, I'm sure you and all the listeners will hear all about it on the Underdog later this week. Probably going to be the main topic. Way to um, do it. Way to do a teaser for the show. Exactly. Um, I, I mean, I just don't know if New Orleans has it though. Kamara back though. It does make a difference. Obviously, you saw what happened against the Jets. He looked pretty good. Um, but. It's so hard to contend with the weapons of the Bucks. It really is. And when you don't have a quarterback who can, can kind of keep pace with that, it's it's tough. I like the Bucks at home. And our final game of the weekend, the Minnesota Vikings travel to Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears, and Bavada has the Bears plus three and a half. I kind of like the Bears at home in this game, which is weird to say because they just I watched them give up 45 points to Aaron Rodgers on Sunday night. Um but this just feels like a game where Minnesota, coming off a, a, a pretty big win uh, in a tough game, you come in, you're like, Chicago stinks, we can overlook them. And the Bears the Bears seem a little bit feisty. Like, they, they were into that game. They made a bunch of special teams plays. Um, if they could just figure out how to run a real offense, it'd be an absolute game changer. Um, but I sort of like the Bears at home. I can't believe you said last game. There's one more game we didn't cover. Oh, it must not be. Yeah, you're 100% right, and it must not be up at Bavada because of injuries. Nah, that's got to be it. Ugh, unfortunate. Unfortunate. Is there another football team playing this weekend? By the way, uh, 100 bucks with adding in that uh, that Bears money line wins you 27.50. I mean, here we are. Let's let's make some money, Chris. I don't know what to tell you. And ten thousand dollars makes you two hundred and seventy-five thousand. Just saying. Yeah, chump change. Uh, the football saying. team, the football team at the Philadelphia Eagles. If the Eagles do not win this game, Chris, I may lose it. The football team stinks. Taylor Heineke stinks. There's not going to be any Terry McLaurin. Uh, contain Antonio Gibson and McKissick or whoever else is filling in. If somebody's hurt, contain them. Win the ball game. That's all you have to do. Contain them. Run the ball. Win the ball game control your own destiny you win you have a 50 percent chance of making the playoffs you lose you have an 11 percent chance well it'll be the first eagles game i watch in uh in pennsylvania since 2016 so if they lose i'll take the take the responsibility go right back to ohio <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a death sentence that is yeah, uh, all that right bad. that's gonna be it for this week's episode of you're wrong and here's why for greg crow and i'm chris Horwell. thanks for listening and we will see you back here next week